and welcome to the Infinite Escape Room, the puzzling podcast where a group of geographically diverse chums come together, have a drink, and work together to solve a homemade escape room. I'm Mike, I'm drinking an Adnam's Ghost Ship, which is a, a spookily good uh, pale ale, all citrusy and nice, and joining me today we have... I'm Aled, and I'm drinking an Elderflower Cordial. Uh, and I'm Ben Levy-Griffiths, and this week I am drinking a Guinness West Indies Porter, which is... Mm, lovely. And I'm John, and this week I'm drinking a jar of Nutella. Oh. <laughs> do you, uh, you microwave that slightly to soften it so it goes down easier? Or uh... No, I just hold it in my hands for a bit. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the thing is as well, I know that you'll have as much of that Nutella by volume as I will of this beer. It's oh. really nice. Oh, God. Mm. So, true story, John was visiting me once and um, disappeared into my kitchen. Um <laughs> And then came out again with a jar of... Was it Nutella or peanut butter, John? Nutella. I came out with um, the big jar of Nutella that we keep in the cupboard, which he'd obviously sort of sniffed out from, from a mile away, like a, like a pig truffling for snuffles, like snuffling <laughs> for truffles. Um, and he had a spoon in his hand and was taking the biggest kind of like tennis ball-sized gulp of just raw Nutella from it. Uh, so I was just originally, initially kind of like, oh, what? That's a thing? But then the spoon started going back in for a second go. <laughs> Yeah, having been in John's mouth. And much fire and fury was experienced. I do not understand how on earth Nutella can otherwise be consumed. I, it's definitely like a cup of tea and a spoon. Oh, Ben, man after my own heart. Via the medium of toast and nothing else, a croissant, a, a push. It complicates things. Spoon. You can't re-dunk the toast. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, Alan, find me off here, pal. Um, I, I, I dislike Nutella, so... Uh, mm. Well, Mikey, it looks like the tables have turned. Listeners, if, if you know what Nutella is, because I know some of you are in America's and you might have your own kind of liquid... They've got Nutella. Yeah, they've got Nutella. Do they have Nutella? Oh, please, please, do, do message in with how you like to eat Nutella. Hopefully, not like savages. So, what is the Infinite Escape Room? Well, like most escape rooms, it is filled with lazily cobbled together stories, ill-chosen themes, sloppily assembled scenery, and frequently flawed puzzles. Unlike most escape rooms, though, it is an infinitely labyrinthine and interconnected escape experience, sitting across all known retail parks, town centres, and dimensions. Having seen the good reviews on TripAdvisor, our group of geographically diverse chums have ventured inside, and are now just an infinite number of puzzles away from a celebratory pint and a trip to the loo. One of us will be presenting a part of the infinite escape room that they have secretly and diabolically prepared beforehand. In this case, it's me. And the others will try and escape it. If we can't escape within 30 minutes, then terrible, smelly things will happen to us and a pandimensional GM will shuffle us on to our next destination. Oh yes, and if we break anything, we will lose our deposit, which this week are Allard's new radiators. No! Right, you're all wearing bubble wrap. That's very cold <laughs> of you, Mike. Oh, boom. Oh. Boom. Oh. <laughs> are we ready, gentlemen? Yes. Oh, I was. <laughs> then let's enter the infinite escape room. You blink open your little blinky eyes and find yourselves in a large, dark, green space with a vaulted ceiling. It might be around half the size of a tennis court. Everything around you appears to be vibrating and humming slightly. In front of you is a large green cargo door stretching from floor to ceiling with the number 2 painted on it. Behind you is a yellow submersible with a 4 painted on the side. Could you perhaps be in a surprisingly industrial episode of Sesame Street? <laughs> no, you're in Thunderbird 2. 
Those Tracy boys are in the middle of foiling one of the Hood's dastardly plans to blow down all of Britain's fences using his windy storm generator. <laughs> Unfortunately, those Tracy boys have forgotten their packed lunches and Virgil's blood sugar is dropping dangerously low. You are International Rescue's dinner ladies. And your job <laughs> is to get Virgil fed in the next 25 minutes before he nods off at the wheel and crashes his nuclear aeroplane into the north of England. Lowering Britain's GDP by 2%. Allard, in your hand is a Ginster's chicken and bacon sandwich. Yes. <laughs> it looks like the hatch to the piloting flying area is set into the hull next to the cargo door. There's a slot in the hatch for you to pass Virgil his lunch. Next to the cargo door is a life-saving delivery of Greg's vegan sausage rolls. Your 25-minute timer to nuclear destruction starts... Now. Five, four, three, two, one. Thunderbirds are go. What would you like to do? Um. Well, I'm going to eat my sandwich. <laughs> Bye, guys. Um, I'm done. This, this all sounds remarkably straightforward, doesn't it? Um, I, I, well, I will take one of the vegan sausage rolls, um, which are delicious, by the way, and then put it into the slot. Ah, so you go and try to put it into the slot. Unfortunately, this slot is closed and appears to open from Virgil's end. Hmm. Virgil is refusing to open the slot as there's bees out there and he's terribly allergic to bee stings. Looking up into the recesses of the green vaulted ceiling, you can see a swarm of bees buzzing around. Hmm. Virgil is terribly allergic to bee stings and he's very, very worried. How to get rid of the bees? And we've got a yellow submersible behind us. What number's that? Is that number five? Four. four, that was it. Yeah, he did say four, didn't Three, he? two, one. Sorry. Hmm. Uh, Can we open the hatch on it? Well, actually, you go to it and the hatch is already open. Okay. Did, did we maybe want to have a little look inside, guys? Oh, yes. Okay. I'll just quickly describe Thunderbird 4 for you from the outside as you, uh, you go across to it. Um, it. It's just really cool. It's like a bright yellow sports car. Um, sort of style submarine with a cool fin on the top and it's got sweet rocket engine things at the back I think that's where they got the idea no I think it was the drugs (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the front of uh, of Thunderbird 4 has all sorts of awesome gizmos and watsits and you step through the little entry hatch regular cheese watsits can we all fit in here? interestingly yes oh wow Uh, so it turns out I've got a diagram for it and it's actually quite big on the inside it's like a TARDIS. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we're inside. What What's in here? Okay, so uh, at the very front of the craft is the steery bit. It has an array of controls uh, in front of the windscreen. The controls have nine buttons on either side, each in a three-by-three three grid, one on the left and one on the right. Uh, these buttons are completely unmarked. Between the buttons, there is a panel marked Brains, Super Inventions, or Brains' Super Inventions. Hmm. Directly below this is a steering wheel, genuinely, for some fucking reason, in a submarine that operates in three-dimensional space. A steering wheel. (laughs) Uh, Under the counter next to the steering wheel is a button marked Rescue Torpedoes and another button marked XL5. Hmm. Um, What happens if I press XL5? If you press XL5, you hear a great roaring and juddering coming from the engines, followed by an almighty whoosh 
Uh, looking out of the rearview mirror, you can see a huge fireball coming out of the back of the engines along, uh, alongside a lot of their internal components. Oh. Uh, I'm... You, have done, you have released a fireball from the XL5 um, and also <laughs> fucked Thunderbird 4. I'm quite ha- happy that ha- that happened because uh, I was worried that it might be the five might be masquerading as an S and it might be an Excel spreadsheet was about to pop up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, I take it the uh, fireball had no impact on the bees. Uh, the fireball had no impact on the bees. However, you have completely fucked the engines of uh, Thunderbird 4. So I hope that whatever rescue they're on their way to, it didn't need anything underwater. My work here is done. Uh, which, given the state of the north of England right now, <laughs> probably would have been needed. <laughs> And also, it was an opportunity for me to put in Fireball XL5. Fair enough. Um, okay. Jerry, Jerry Anderson, come on, who's one of his second ever Super Mario Nation series. Oh, I have mm. no idea what you're talking about. It's going to be a long episode for you. It's going to be a real long oh, episode. God. <laughs> oh, no. Um, okay, Who? so those unmarked buttons. Can I press the middle one on the left? What happens? Press it, and it lights up briefly, and then goes dim. If I press all of them together on the left... If you press all of them together on the left, they will light up briefly and then go dim. Hmm. What about the rescue um, the rescue button? Rescue torpedoes. Uh, hmm. uh, certainly. So you, you press the rescue torpedo button and the bit at the front of uh, Thunderbird 4 that I previously described opens up uh, and a torpedo comes out. Unfortunately, it's designed for the water and sort of skids along the floor in a rather chaotic and erratic manner. Uh, until it eventually collides with the pile of Greg sausage rolls at the front of the um, of the craft. Um, can we go and take a look at that torpedo? Certainly. Uh, you notice that it hasn't exploded uh, and instead appears to be hollow and have a little openable. What hatch an amazing on the side. rescue torpedo would it be if it just blew up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to save you! Bang! It turns out the Thunderbirds are, like, armed to the fucking teeth a lot of the time, though, because they're like, oh, we're here for, to save you. But Thunderbird 1's got a fucking cannon on it. Like, all the Tracy boys have, like, laser pistols. Uh, it's crazy. Mm. And, yeah, and yeah, Thunderbird 4 does actually normally have, like, a, a range of torpedoes, including, like, super explodey ones. Can you imagine Scooby-Doo if they had all that arsenal? <laughs> yeah, the episodes would be quite a bit shorter, <laughs> wouldn't they? I would have gotten away with <laughs> it. Shaggy shooting everything. Bag. <laughs> um if there would also been a lot more gory uh okay let's have a little let's open up that hatch on that torpedo and have a look see sure thing inside the torpedo you find a futuristic set of goggles with red lenses can i put them on you certainly can what can i see uh everything but it's a bit more red brilliant this is this is ideal what use are these for rescuing does does his um uh outlook look um more cheery um, I don't get it. Oh, they're not rose tinted. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Fuck me. Can we? Um, is there a propulsion system on the torpedo? There's a little propeller that's obviously uh, expended its energy in um, making its erratic way around the inside of the. Uh, and there's nothing else board. inside the hatch. Nothing at all. Is no, inside the hatch for the torpedo. No, nothing at all. No gas uh, canister or anything no. for propulsion. If I look up at the bees with my goggles on, do I see anything different about them? Um, you see bees that are a little bit red, um, but Alad and Ben might see bees that look the normal black and yellow um, combination. <sighs> Saying that, though, you're currently outside of Thunderburb Four, and looking up, you do see there are some strings dangling from the ceiling down towards the vegan sausage rolls. Oh, do we have to use the vegan sausage rolls to poison the bees? 
What? I, I, I'm just, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm grasping at strings here. Oh, boom, boom, no. boom. <laughs> Not you two. Um, um, can Alid and I see the strings without the goggles? Yep, sure. Uh, you okay. can see that they look quite stringy. Um, would you like to, if you take a closer look at them, you'll see that there are four uh, descending from a rather kind of dark and eerie place in the ceiling. Probably best not to look at that too closely. And they have little loops at the end of them. Each one probably around, I'd say about the, rith- uh, the width of your wrist. I feel like I'm in Half-Life and they're the ones that sort of hang down and then suck you up and eat you. <laughs> hmm. um, what if I give one of those strings a tug? If you give one of those strings uh, a tug... You are met with a bit of resistance. Uh, nothing happens. There's a loop in them. How many vegan sausage rolls are there? <laughs> uh, there's a big stack. I mean, this is um, this is disaster relief for, for the north of England. So enough for the north you of England. You mocked my plan, but you're coming around. <laughs> <laughs> could we uh, could we loop four vegan sausage rolls into the appropriate loop on the appropriate string? Certainly. Um, I wouldn't say, I'd say these are more, probably a bit too big for the vegan sausage rolls. Uh, they're about the width uh, of a human wrist or human ankle. Um, two of them uh, suspend, two of your sausage rolls are now suspended at kind of like chest height mm. and two are now suspended just off the floor. Okay, okay. So there were a couple of hints in that, weren't there? They're about sort of human hand and wrist shape so, or size. So what we need to do is kind of get into this thing. I volunteer as tribute. Yeah, your ankles in the first two and your wrists in the yeah, other wrists two. Wrists in the top two, ankles in the bottom two, which presumably leaves me a bit sort of suspended off the ground. You are indeed. So slipping these strings over your wrists and feet, you find yourself actually being... Oh, wrong pile. Here we go. Uh, you find yourself being tugged around the bay in a though. rather weird bobbing motion. <laughs> Kinky. Bouncing up and down a little bit uh, as you go. <laughs> <laughs> After a moment of this, you're lowered into a sitting position where your right hand is brought up and traces the following pattern. It moves directly upwards and then dips. It moves back to a central position and then directly down towards you and dips. It returns to a central position and then moves diagonally right. Sorry, and then moves directly to the right and dips. Finally, it returns to the centre and then moves diagonally downwards and to the right and dips. Anyone, did anyone write that down? I... I, well, I was trying. Um, it of? was difficult to figure out when things go down and also yes, dip. Yes, so what's dip. the difference between going yeah. down and dipping? Uh, I'd imagine dip being on the Z-axis. Okay, for someone well, who doesn't that, look at graphs. Going so, down uh, as well, isn't it? So move, uh, movement would be um, X and Y, and a dip would be on the Z-axis. Uh, am I looking at a sideways three by any chance? I don't know. I mean, Alan. A dip is on the Z axis, but yes. a down is on the what axis? Why? Uh, yes, so I suppose I could describe it as being close to you and far away from you, if that's any easier. Alan, I don't know what the Z axis is. Um, so if, wave, you, guys, if, you, if you imagine like a normal graph, yes. um, where yep. um, Y points towards the sky. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, then, then the Z uh, is comes towards you and away from you. Oh, so it's three-dimensional. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. So it makes the graph three-dimensional, basically. Yes. Right. Oh, Mike, you fucker. Okay, Mike, um, can, can, can you sort of retrace um, the, the traced uh, hand movement for our benefit again? 
absolutely. So um, continuing to stay attached to the strings. And would you like me to describe them in a, using any different uh, terminology or as I did before? Um, if you've got different terminology, then go for it. If you could uh, use um, X, Y and Z, that would be... So you want this on X and Y? So yep. Y is going up and X is going to the right the bottom. and left. No, so Y goes up and down. Oh my God. X yeah. goes left oh and right. God. Yeah. And Z goes to and towards you and away from you. I don't understand X, Z. I don't understand Z. How does Z do that? Because we live in a three-dimensional world, Alad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm trying to think how to... Ah, okay, so I say the right hand is at a neutral central position. Mm. Okay. It then moves up on the... Y is the, is the vertical axis. It moves up. Is that correct, Ben? Y is in the vertical yep. axis. It yep. then moves up on the vertical axis by one and then dips down to minus one on the z-axis. It then returns to the zero position. It okay. then goes to minus one on the vertical axis mm. and goes to minus one on the z-axis. So axis minus one on the z-axis, is, is that pulling towards me or pushing away? That was the dip that was previously so described. pushing away from me? No, Correct. going towards... Well, okay, yes. It's, it's to do the buttons. This is obviously to do the buttons in the um, cockpit. And it's my right oh. hand and my left hand. So this is the buttons on the right-hand side of the steering wheel. So we've got push top button and we've got push bottom button of the grid. Continue, Michael. Your hand then returns to the central position and then moves to minus one on the horizontal axis mm -hmm. and then to minus one on the z-axis. Okay, so that's push left button. So push top, push Finally, bottom, it moves push left. diagonally to horizontal plus one, y minus one, and then and z that's minus bottom one. right. So it was top... Bottom, left, bottom, right. Okay, can I scurry back into the submarine and do that sequence on the button pad on the right-hand side? Absolutely. <laughs> does, does anything happen? Um, the, okay, absolutely. So you press the... Uh, in fact, hang on, what am I saying? You should be describing this to okay, me. Okay, top middle row first, then bottom middle row, then left hand um, in the middle, and then bottom right. Absolutely. You press the buttons in that number and they stay lit. I'm guessing that's uh, 2849. Eh? If we were numbering the buttons from one to nine, that would be correct. Hmm, interesting. I hadn't okay. thought of that. Okay, so that was the I'm right just hand. Wondering whether they might be right. So, how do we get the dangly thing to do the left hand? Maybe if someone else goes in it. Any volunteers? <laughs> well, am, I, am I filthy or something? <laughs> Not that you've touched it. <laughs> There's Nutella on these strings. It's all sticky. <laughs> I'll go in then. I'll 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 jump in. Yeah, I'll just I'll just lower those strings for you. Oh, thank you. There you are, <laughs> half pipe. Uh, ben jumps in the strings and finds himself being marionetted around in much the same way that John oh, it does was. look funny from this angle. Whee! That weird sort of bobbing motion, sort of moving around. Wait, no, we're being turned into Thunderbirds. Yeah. That's what's happening. We're being made puppets. No, no one. Ah. Marionette. Yeah, I get style. it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Just that we're being like. Bobbed around. Okay, sorry. I, that's that's not useful. I just like had this eureka moment that meant nothing. No, that was that was a good. That was, a good, that was the idea. It was a good observation. I'm glad somebody picked it up. <laughs> um, does anything else happen with my left hand? No, it just sort of uh, just you stays there. So very briefly, um, could I get out of the ropes, go around them to the other side, and then jump in? Ah, absolutely. Uh, you go around them to the other side. Um, and then weirdly, you end up performing the same motions that you did the first time around. Okay, okay. Okay, so it doesn't matter which way around we are. How do we get the motions of the left hand? Which, are you right-handed, Ben? Uh, I am, yes. 
Al, are you left-handed? Uh, no, I'm right-handed. I'm right-handed too, so it's nothing to do with that. <laughs> you, uh, so you haven't actually finished exploring the uh, the Thunderbird. You actually stopped me halfway through the explanation. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> to uh, start playing with the I buttons. I apologize. That was me. Could we return to Thunderbird 4 and, and finish our exploration? Um, so you'd previously looked at the uh, all the buttons, uh, I think all of which you've pressed now, uh, knackering <laughs> the engines uh, and crushing quite a few Greg's um, sausage rolls. Directly to the right of the um, uh, the controls is a little coffee machine set into uh, set into the wall for for long rescues, um, and it's currently set to heat the water to ninety degrees. Directly behind, oh sorry, uh, directly before the controls is a driving seat, uh, which has the word captain sewn into the fabric, uh, just in case Gordon forgets where to sit. Mm. You can also see that there's a little open hatch to a cabin at the back of the craft. Um, there's also two little seats for, for passengers, it turns out. It's fucking massive inside uh, um, inside Thunderbird 4. Could we take a look at the cabin at the back? Sure thing. So you, uh, you go into the little cabin, and uh, you can see it's just a, it's a little bedroom for Gordon. And it's filled with pictures of Aquaman and famous underwater rescues, of which there are two in, in like the whole series of, of Thunderbirds. And he spends a lot of the rest of his time just being like, oh, guys, we're doing a rescue in the water. No, like, oh, fine. And he just like, hangs out at home. <laughs> you notice as well that uh, the ceiling has some strings descending from it, coming from a large, dark void in the top, which suck at your eye. Mm. Well, I think I know what we have to do. Get the vegan sausage roll. No, get it. Get in this set of strings. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Quite enjoying this. <laughs> Go on. Okay, string so me along. You. Okay, so you uh, you slip your no, hands. Don't string me along. And <laughs> wasted on you people. <laughs> Dearing me. Uh, so slipping the uh, strings over your wrists okay, and string feet, me up. you find yourself being. <laughs> So slipping these strings no, over your wrist and feet, you find yourself. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve minutes left on the timer. Um, slipping the strings over your wrists and feet, you find yourself being tugged around the cabin in a weird bobbing motion. After a moment, you're lowered once more to a sitting position where your left hand is brought up and traces the following pattern. Now, how would you like me to describe as before, this? As before. I'm just okay, getting used moves, to it. <laughs> okay, it moves diagonally downwards to the right and then dips. I am actually doing this with my hand, by the way. Then moves back to a central position, diagonally downwards and left oh, God. and dips. <laughs> Next, it moves back to the centre and then okay. dips. Finally, it moves diagonally upwards to the right and then okay, dips. Okay, so I got... Uh, bottom right, bottom left, centre, top right. It's like a really bad game of noughts and crosses. Nine, seven, five, three. Thank you, Ben. Okay, could I return to the captain's chair and uh, using my left hand repeat that pattern? You certainly can. Could you describe it to me again? So uh, bottom right button, bottom left button, middle button and top right button in that order. Uh, so you enter the buttons in that sequence and they stay lit. And the little hatch marked Brain's Super Inventions opens up to reveal an attaché case around the size of a shoebox. There's a little futuristic speaker grill on top of it with the words speak passphrase to unlock displaying underneath a little futuristic dot matrix display. Hmm. Passphrase. You say the word passphrase and it echoes in Thunderbird 4. 
Damn, nice try though. Thunderbirds are go. <laughs> you say that, and you hear the theme music play. Dum 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 dum. Which I'll add in later, I guess. <laughs> um, I thought that impersonation of the theme music was flawless, to be honest. Thank you. Um, okay, God, Thunderbirds knowledge, Thunderbirds knowledge. Um, oh, what's the um, what's the thing they say? It's not Thunderbirds go. It's um, release the oh, hounds. <laughs> <laughs> that well-known episode. Oh, oh FAB. Um, FAS. Uh, you, you say all of these words and uh, and nothing happens. Well, so there's nothing. Uh, it's got to be something that we find in the room. Um, yeah, no prior knowledge required. Although saying that, there's quite a few Easter eggs. Some oh, of which what you found. was written on the chair? Captain. Captain. Bees be gone. Um, ginsters. <laughs> string. Gregs. <laughs> um, silly string. Uh what's the I mean, what's the name of the guy on the other side of the hatch? Vermin. Vermin. Virgil. Virgil. Might it be worth um, trying the goggles uh, maybe in the back room, see if that throws up anything? Oh, yes, yes, maybe it's one of those bullshit escape room UV things. Okay, go and get the goggles and I'll walk around the cabin with them on. Okay, so you walk around the back cabin um, and apart from some rather suspicious stains on Gordon's bed, but, you know, he's on his own a lot, um, there's nothing to see in the cabin. In the uh, control room of the uh, sub? Certainly. Uh, What would you like to look at? Um... The void in the ceiling. Uh, you look at the void in the ceiling and you can see uh, these strings disappearing up into it, but nothing else. Your mind shies away from the thought. Yes. Um, can we take another look at the coffee machine, please? Uh, certainly. It's a coffee machine um, and appears to be set to 90 degrees. Um, is there any hot. buttons on it? Uh, sure, there's a vend button. Can we vend some coffee, please? Certainly. Uh, it vends a small cup of coffee in a recyclable uh, little bamboo thing uh, you have a cup of joe at 90 that's a joe okay. 90 reference which is another uh, oh. joe anderson thing <laughs> oh. I, was, I was half wondering whether we had to read it uh speak into the uh into the case um tl joe gray 90? hot or something like that no uh oh no that's that's i know i know i know Picard. <laughs> oh, oh i'm really stuck um but he asked me what I wanted to look at with the goggles, which suggests that we're on the right track. I need to just look at the right thing. So back of the chair, the control panel. Okay, so you look at the chair uh, and looking at the chair through the red goggles, you can see that the word captain uh, has actually been obscured. There appears to be another word superimposed over it in a shining bright red light, mm. perhaps some sort of reflective material. Uh, written in blazing scarlet over the word captain is, is red rum. The- <laughs> um is the word oh hackenbacker that's right okay. in, in, in scarlet over the word captain hackenbacker how's that spelt hackenbacker yeah how is it spelt h a c k e n b a c k e r scarlet captain captain scarlet uh, yeah hmm. yep yeah, cool cool so goes. if i say hackenbacker loudly nothing you say Hackenbacker loudly. You hear a futuristic buzz coming from the little attache case and it clicks open. Hey. Uh, fun fact, uh, Hackenbacker is Brains' real name. Inside is a futuristic looking ray gun pistol in sleek silver, blue and yellow. A note on the underside of the lid reads Bee Sting Neutralizer 3000. Congratulations, oh, yeah. you have found the Stingray. Oh, there it is. 
<laughs> Very good. Um, okay, going to take that stingray. Stingray. Now that was a show with a good theme. I watched so much of that when I was a kid. Um, the only episode I remember isn't being stuck in a fish tank. Eh? There was one where they were like they they were going uh, through the water and then they like came, like bumped into some force field and then the camera zoomed out and they were in a fish tank. Oh wow, that's meta! <laughs> I need to rewatch it. I mean, it's it's classic telly. It's the only one I remember. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna go and take the stingray and I'm gonna go on a bee hunt and shoot them bees. Okay, so you go out back into uh, the uh, the bay of uh, Thunderbird Two and you point the stingray up at the bees. You push the trigger. And you hear a futuristic buzzy zappy sound. A cool space wave comes out of it and lots of little stingers drop out of the ceiling and hey. scatter on the floor. The bees are now de-stung. Virgil, we've right. de-stung All we need to do bees. is, do, do we just give them the pasta or do we give them the, the vegan sausage roll? I mean, the, the, the onion sandwich. No one, no one wants anything from Ginsters. It's all shit. So I vote that we, we shove one of the vegan <laughs> sausage rolls through the hatch. We give him the chicken and bacon sandwich and we keep the sausage rolls for ourselves. There's a chicken and bacon sandwich? You're holding it. it, John, (laughs) it was a Ginster's chicken and bacon sandwich. Oh. You heard Ginster's and thought pasty. I did, I did, I did. Um, I'm not alone. Um, Okay, let's give him the sandwich then. Okay, so you've you've made the correct choice because there's no way that he'd have the energy to do an international rescue on vegan food. There it um, is. I'm joking, I'm joking. You could have given him either. Um, you knock on the door and Virgil slides open his little lunch slot and you post through the chicken and bacon sandwich. You hear a shudder as Thunderbird 2 makes a gentle safe landing on the ground, followed by a shifting sensation as it lifts away from the ground on its silly little legs, uh, leaving the pod behind and then whooshes away. The large cargo door before you lowers slowly and menacingly. You have successfully completed your jobs as dinner ladies. You see before you, not the north of England, as you were expecting, but instead the warm, humid fronds of a tropical forest. A path before you, through the thick trees and leaves, appears to lead to a very serious-looking fence. On that path sits a white rabbit, looking at you with pink eyes. Somehow, you know his name is Gavin. To be continued. <laughs> and you have completed the room, and you did it with three minutes and 11 seconds to spare. Yay! Bloody hell. Well done, gents. Good fun. Puntastic. Okay, so that's the first in our uh, new format, the pilot of our, our new format. So we're going to be doing a, a series of six, of which this is the first, where we, we try it out and we're going to kind of be experimenting with it. But we need to know what you think. Do you like it this way? Or do you like it more the old way? Anything uh, you think we can improve? You know where I'm coming from. Yeah, get in touch uh, via the Twitters, via the Facebooks, and let us know what you think. So thank you very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, theinfiniteescaperoom.com. You can also follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter at tier underscore podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, and we rather hope you did, we'd be obliged if you could please leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook, as it's a big old help in reaching new audiences. We love you much, Ooh. and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye now. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.